the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. It's a very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Eternal lust and some things like that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. Powerful yeah. ritual and powerful <laughs> spells. She's actually me in the The role of the witch is to make change. Let's it be, y'all. Let's it be. People ask me, like, okay, I'm a witch, and I don't know what to do. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of That Witch Life Podcast. I am your host, Kanani. I am. And not- I'm- okay, you sorry. are. You shut up. You shut up. <laughs> you don't. You don't interrupt me. God damn it! <sighs> I was going to say I'm the anti-host. I'm Courtney. Just because you can't see me on camera because of my haunted camera doesn't mean that you get to just interrupt me like an a-hole. She did that on purpose. Hi, I'm. Hil- I'm Hillary. <laughs> welcome to th- welcome to this podcast. <laughs> what a great in- what a great intro. Yeah, I know. This is probably the best one we've never done. It's terrible. Well, hopefully it will get better. We are so excited because later Miss Remy is going to be talking to us about Ostara. Hell yes. It's springtime. It couldn't get worse. So, you know, there's that. Um, why are, are you things- tempting terrible things? I mean, I'm just like, it's kind of what I do. That's kind yeah. of like my whole role on the show. Oh my God. Today I actually called Kanani and said, Hey, I'm just checking in on you. I'm getting kind of worried about you. You have not called me all week in a rage about anything. So that means there's something yeah, actually something wrong. Up. There's something really wrong. <laughs> it's a hundred percent. It's a hundred. It's a hundred percent true. And she was actually having oh a God. terrible week. I'm like, she has not yet once called me saying she was going to kill someone. Like that happens at least twice a day where I will get a call from Connie. And that's like, like yeah, that's, <laughs> that is, that is legit. The telltale sign. Like my husband knows <laughs> I have not, if, if, if he makes me so angry that I just am not yelling at him, he needs to pack. Like he is worried. <laughs> he is fearful. He is looking over his shoulder for things flying at his face. Like he knows if I'm not willing to yell at you, you are in deep shit. Like that is not a good sign. So when the yelling has stopped, this is not good. Yeah. No, no, there's not not a, not a single phone call. See Hillary processes in a healthy way. If something's bothering her, she'll call me and say, I'm having a tough time and I could use to talk about it. And I'm saying, okay, Hillary. And then silence. Kanani has just gone dead silent. I'm like, She's burying I've a body eaten a somewhere. Pint of salt and straw, honey lavender ice cream, and I've almost finished another pint of their pear and blue cheese. So that's been helpful. <laughs> sure. that's Hoping is not helpful in making me angry. I did make my husband go to Cold Stone the other day, <laughs> making him bring it to me while I sat on the bed. That's too much effort is to tell your husband to go do something for you. I'm like, you. honey, I don't want to go to the freezer and go get myself a pint of ice cream. Could you please go all the way up to Cold Stone and bring me some ice cream? That would be great. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I may have intentionally bought ice cream from salt and straw that I knew no one else in my family would eat. So I have I have been able to well, eat all of that by myself. And my husband it's, will. My it's husband not my will do fault. The same thing. 
It's not my fault. They have terrible taste in ice cream and they just want to eat generic <laughs> plain ice cream. Like it's there for you. You could try it. No, yeah, it's gross. Oh, well, well for me. You guys, it was so funny. So um, my house has no insulation, so you can hear everything that's said. And when my husband heard me say, oh, yeah, my husband has done that, he texted me, what would that be? And I responded, buying ice cream. You know I won't eat, so you don't have to share it. And I waited for him to deny it. And then he responded, this has happened. <laughs> like, And since you're tied up with the podcast right now, guess where I'm going? <laughs> actually so he's funny. very good at bringing home celiac supportive ice cream and there are many times when i say to him he asks if i want anything i say make sure you get ice cream that has celiac in it so i won't be even tempted to have some of it and he does he's really obliging he'll come back with something that's like gluten-packed cookie dough extraordinary celiac death bomb and he's eating it right there you know and he's just watching you he's like this is so good. No, You're he like, doesn't do fuck. that. He just eats it. And then if I look at, if he catches me staring at him, he goes, I would have gotten you some if you wanted. You, I offered. I offered. I'm like, I know you offered. I'm just watching. You You're just, like, just, just let me have death. this moment. I'm just plotting your death. I'm not as, I'm not as crazy about the ice cream as you are, Kanani, where I really struggle is around fried meats because I can't really eat those anymore. And they what make is a me fried raise. meat. Fried chicken. Oh, like fried chicken. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, baked brie and phyllo dough, which I've made oh, for you God, before. I can't so eat that good. anymore. Oh, I haven't found, I don't know that I'm sure that somebody's going to at me for this, but I have never found a gluten-free phyllo dough. <sighs> I'm pretty sure I've seen one at, I don't know, one of the health food stores. I was waiting but for Hillary to say, I have a friend who makes that. Because <laughs> Hillary I always mean, has a friend who makes that. I probably have a friend who makes that. <laughs> he always has the friend who knows who has one of those, has that. And she's like, oh, I could totally. I'll have them call you. <laughs> oh, my God. So funny. It's true. Hillary always has the friend with the thing who does the thing. So one of the things that I was going to share, um, it's kind of funny because I think I've heard a lot of people who are either atheist or Christians um, mostly Christians who do something for Easter always kind of are taken aback and shocked that pagans, you know, have their own kind of Easter type celebration. And I remember I had a coworker who was so, I love pissing off Christians. I had a coworker who was like trying to have this argument with me over the origins of Easter. And I was explaining to them, well, it's a pagan holiday. And they said they they were arguing with me about that's you know that's a horrible thing to say. No, like, Jesus say invented like the world and he invented Cadbury cream eggs. Exactly. Oh and so what was hilarious was I was like, you know what? Do me a favor. I want you to go home and I want you to ask your pastor whether or not Easter is a pagan holiday. And then I saw them the next week at work. We were having a similar shift, and. And they were like avoiding me. Like I could tell, oh. like I'd go walking down the aisle and they'd all of a sudden go down a different aisle. And I'm like, whoo, whoo, hi, they know, Sam. They know. Hi. They ask. Hi there. Hi and there. So How's it going? Hi, I hi, was, hi. I was able to, I was able to catch them. And I'm just like, so, so, did you talk to your pastor? How'd it go? How'd it go? And they're like, yes, he said it's a pagan holiday. But, <laughs> and then she goes on her little thing. And I'm like, that's all I needed to hear. That's all I needed to hear. I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, you but can love Jesus this holiday. Jesus made it right. I'm like, you can love this holiday for your own reasons. More power to you. But you don't get to take this from me. Like, 
I know why there's bunnies and eggs. You don't know why there's, but cause that, and that's usually what I'll do. That's usually how I start with people. Cause they're like, yes, I had a pagan holiday. Like really? Where did the bunnies and eggs come from? Oh, Jesus, Jesus gave the, but Jesus made the bunnies and the eggs. Find them in the Bible. Motherfucker. Find exactly. your eggs and your bunnies in the Bible. Exactly. That's my, that's my favorite one. Cause I'm always like, okay, so please explain the bunnies <laughs> and the eggs. And they have no I, fucking clue. I totally saw this like meme. It's like so fucking funny. It's like a bunny that is laying eggs that have a little bit of blood on them and Jesus is coming out. It's a fake. It's all fake. It's an illustration. A bunny that is laying eggs and they're cracking open and Jesus is inside of the eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Little baby. It's really fucking, it's really fucking funny. If I can find it, I'll send it to you guys. So I will, I was actually going to start. I I have, I have a Ostara folk story that I found. And then I have the one that I have no idea where I learned it, but it's been my Ostara folk story for how long have I been doing this? 20 plus years and kind of what I've taught my kids. So, and please kind of what I've taught my kids. Yeah. There there's kind it's kind of a holiday. It's kind of, it's, it's a thing. So this is the story that I've, I've taught my kids. So no one like tell me, Oh, you pronounce that wrong. I have no idea. I've literally like just, this is what you know, my brain you have developed. made. You have made a name for yourself, deliberately mispronouncing everything that that's you read true. on the show. That's true. No one is worried. That's true. So the story that I've I've taught my kids was that one day there was a young girl, the goddess Oestra, who was walking through the forest, and as she was walking through the forest, she saw a bird that had fallen from a tree and broken its wing. I'm sorry. Do you I know the story? The, no, I just saw the meme that Hillary said. Oh, no. I have to see this. What did you do? Oh, is it going to have dirty gross baby Jesus? Ew. I'm sorry, Kanani. I'm going to compose myself. But there's little, oh, that is little Jesus. Jesus. That is fucking disgusting. Zombie Jesus. Zombie Jesus. Wait. Bleeding zombie Jesus. That is nasty. Bleeding zombie Jesus eggs being laid by a giant rabbit. It's it's amazing. I'm so sorry to my Christian friends. I'm not making fun of you very much. I'm just looking at this. This is disgusting. (laughs) Don't worry. I just threw up in my mouth a little. (laughs) <laughs> this will be on Instagram for all of those who follow us. So you can see it there. Oh, I'm so sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm eating a Cadbury cream egg to feel better. <laughs> You're, no, I can't. <laughs> okay. It is not filled with bloody zombie Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no, I'm never going to come back. <laughs> all right. Go ahead, Kanani. Please tell your story. Behave, I just mute yourself. Oh no one wants to hear you anyway. <laughs> no one likes you. <laughs> Happy Easter. <laughs> You're annoying. Can I tell your goddamn story? Go ahead. All right. I'm starting over. One day, there was a young girl walking through the forest, and she was the goddess Oestra. She was walking through the forest. She saw a baby bird or a bird that had fallen from the tree and she noticed that it had a broken wing. 
She knew that a bird with a broken wing would not live and be able to survive. And so she took pity on the bird. She picked it up. She held it in her hands and she blessed the bird and she turned it into a bunny because she knew that one, a bunny doesn't have wings, so it would no longer need wings. It would no longer be injured and it would stay nice and warm for the rest of kind of the cold weather winter that was coming up. So she turned this bird into a bunny. The bunny was so grateful that it became her new little companion and it would follow her around wherever she went. And because it had once been a bird, it laid eggs. She would then take the eggs and decorate them and, and offer them as offerings to the gods to thank them for all of her blessings and all of her abilities. And that is why there's bunnies and eggs. I am, I am devastated, devastated to hear that a bunny did not lay a Jesus egg. No, God, there was, was no say, Jesus on the in the story. Fuck, Jesus pop out of the egg. When does Jesus hatch out of the egg? Never. Fuck. He uh, had better things to do that day. Damn it. Oh my God. So that is the story that I teach my children. That is that is how we've always talked about it. I have no idea where I read that. I have no idea where that came from. But somewhere along the line, that was the the. Ostara story that I had learned and I loved it so much and I love that it explains <sighs> the bunnies and the eggs and the decorating and so that's that's how I roll and it could be complete crap and I really don't care because it's I think it's special so <sighs> that was really cute Kanani but I couldn't stop seeing zombie Jesus you have problems <laughs> like big I ones mean, that doctors can't solve I mean we already knew that. I mean, at I, least very cream eggs gets, can solve my problems. She says this, and then she's like, "God, Courtney, what's your problem?" Come on, I'm like, "You said <laughs> okay." <sighs> that was a great story, Kanani. Thanks for sharing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I really hope that that all whoever has to get these episodes gets them edited because my God, <laughs> fucking nightmare. Whatever. Fucking oh, nightmare. Oh, they know, they know who they're they know they what know, they're signing up they for. They know, yeah, they know what we're like. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Ugh. So Courtney, you had some full moon magic to share for Sunday the twenty eighth. I do. Okay. So a little bit of um Easter trivia. If you're not aware, if you if you're wondering why Easter moves around, it's because it will always be the first Sunday after the first full moon, after the spring equinox. That's not pagan at all. Not at all, motherfuckers. It is totally all about Jesus. So Jesus wanted, um, uh, so he's also, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Sorry. I think that the zombie Jesus has just ruined me. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. No, you're not. But not really. No, you're not. Don't say you're sorry when you're not sorry. Anyway, so this year, um, the full moon that's following after spring equinox is known as the full worm moon here in North America. So that's what the uh, full moon in March is called. Sometimes it's thought that the worm moon is called as such because worms start emerging from the soil and attracting the robins, which is a definite sign of spring. But it may also revert. Um, 
refer to beetle larvae, which in some cases look like worms and appear from the bark of certain trees. So quite a few Native American names for the March full moon refer to the appearance or reappearance of certain animals, such as the eagle moon, the goose moon, or the crow comes back moon. Another term is the sugar moon, which refers to the sap of the maple trees beginning to flow. The wind strong moon, which may refer to the very blustery you know, environment that we have in early spring. Or the sore eyes moon, which may refer to the blinding glare that comes off the snow in the spring sunshine. Okay, so the sun is in Aries, which means this is a full moon in Libra. Kanani. So this is a really great time for creating balance and harmony, especially if you are looking to do a spell for harmonious relationships. So if you are doing any work for relationships, like to bring a new one into your life or to create more harmony in the ones that one or multiple ones that you've already had, it can be friendships, it can be family relationships or romance. Um, you are going to need to be patient though. The moon is trying Saturn, which brings about harmony, but it also requires setting the course, um, but it also requires patience. So especially if you're setting the course to bring in new relationships into your life, it means it's going to take some time, but once they come and once they arrive, then, then they're going to stick around for a while. So some very good spells for this moon. Um, cleansing spells, always around the spring equinox. Cleansing is a really, really good thing to do. Shake off the winter blahs, shake off the doldrums. So lavender and rose baths to reduce chaos. Um, one thing you can do is that if you're trying to sweeten the relationship or attract a relationship, leave rings or other jewelry in a bowl of sugar overnight near a window so the full moon can touch them. Obviously, if you have ant problems, probably we want to cover them with something. Um, this will bring balance to an existing relationship or attract new ones, depending on your intention. So be sure you speak that into the sugar bowl when you do your spell. I saw that I was, I was listening to when you were talking about putting the, putting the rings and stuff in sugar and seeing if it'll either bring new, <laughs> bring new relationships and, or, or sweeten the ones you have. And I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to walk my husband over. I'm going to be like, see this, see this bowl. It's either going to bring me a new relationship or it's going to make this one better. It's all on you, buddy. How you want to play your cards? You want oh me to have to bring you a new one? I would 100% do that. 100% do that. And the fact that he would just roll his eyes and, and walk away is why our marriage works. Because I will do that to him. And he will roll his eyes See, and go, I she's insane, and, and walk away and just pretend like it never happened. That's why our marriage works. Well, if for some, some reason you're still listening... Bless you. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why you haven't left I'm not sure why. yet at this point. I'm not sure why I'm still even here. So the fact you're <laughs> listening is remarkable. So we just want to thank you all and thank you to our supporters. So last week we released on Patreon uh, Dakota St. Clair's poem that they read called Hymn to the War Torn Body. So if you were on Patreon. They, they wrote the poem. They did. It was mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah, so if you are a Patreon supporter, be sure to check that out if you haven't already. If you are not a Patreon supporter, you need to get on there because there is all kinds of fun stuff that we post every single week that only Patreon supporters uh, get access to and get to see. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to that and other witchism content. Higher levels get you access to our private Facebook page, live virtual special events, early release episodes, longer ad-free episodes, and boxes of magical goodies, including your very own Screaming Goat. And you can even have a tarot card pulled for you on the show. 
And today, Courtney, you have a card to pull for someone. Yes, I am pulling for Jay, who joined at the Kanani Girlfriend, Boyfriend, Envy Friend level, which gives them access to extended ad-free episodes and the quarterly special events. And the card you got is the Ace of Wands. This is a card that is about energy. It's about chemistry. It's about making something new happen. So when you get this, it's encouraging you to move forward with the idea that you've had knocking around your head for a very long time. Um, or, you know, like actually pursuing the person that you've had a crush on for a long time. Hey, we're almost out of the pandemic. So especially if you got your vaccine and they have their vaccine, you know, give them a call, send them a text, whatever it is that people do now when they meet. I don't even know. Um, so yeah, good for you. And thank you for being a Kanani girlfriend, boyfriend, or envy friend. Awesome. There are other ways you can support the show. If you can't do a monthly donation, you can buy us a coffee or buy that Witch Life merchandise on Etsy. You can also consider becoming an episode sponsor. It's a great way to promote your business to thousands of witches. You can also purchase a shout out to let people know about your virtual event or just to send love to your favorite witch. You can find out more on our website at thatwitchlife.com. And I think we're ready for a word from our sponsor. Get ready, witches. Llewellyn has yet another new title you're going to want to order for your shelves immediately. The Hedge Witch's Little Book of Spells, Charms, and Brews by Tudor Beth is available for pre-order and will be available everywhere in June 2021. Explore old world magic and contemporary charms with this brilliant book of enchantments. Within these pages, you will discover more than 100 spells, charms, and recipes for love, money, health, family, career, and more. So it's basically the perfect all-purpose spell book for all of your witchy needs. Author Tudor Beth has selected the best traditional workings along with contemporary spells that can be done with readily available ingredients. In addition, it's also an absolutely beautiful printing. So not only is it informative, it's super pretty. Hedge witchery is the individual pursuit of living in harmony with nature while practicing magic. This book shares everything from old world spells to magical enchantments for modern problems like credit card issues and unwanted house guests. You will discover delicious recipes such as chocolate avocado mousse and spells and charms for prosperity, good luck, fertility, friendships, and so much more. All of the spells can be modified to suit your own individual needs and feelings, and the author includes helpful suggestions for incorporating herbs, crystals, and oils to empower your magic. It's springtime. It's time for renewal. It is time to start planting the manifestations you want to see flourish this year. Tudor Beth's The Hedge Witch's Little Book of Spells, Charms, and Brews is the perfect complement to your magical bookshelf, so pre-order it now at Llewellyn.com. Thank you to Llewellyn for being an episode sponsor and happy spring, everyone. We are super excited to have joining us today to talk to us about Ostara and the spring equinox, Miss Remy. Miss Remy is a peer wellness specialist, an oracle and priestess of the goddess Selene, psychic medium, a Reiki master teacher, healer, and eclectic witch. Her honest, give it to me straight attitude vast and varied knowledge, compassion, and sense of humor make her an asset for any community. Remy is originally from Oakland, California. However, she has lived in Portland for the past 10 years. An active member of the Greater Portland Pagan Community for nine years, she is a member of Other Worlds of Wonder. She ran the kitchen at the Northwest Fall Equinox Festival. 
six years in a row and is a well-known and seasoned community ritualist. Miss Remy has been studying and practicing magic for more than half her lifetime. She is a tantric priestess and a root-working eclectic bruja and kitchen witch. She has a great and deep knowledge of many forms of magic and healing that she uses to help and assist people in need. Miss Remy has a firm belief that we create our reality with the stories we tell and believe and that we can cultivate our beliefs and stories to create the life we dream of. And she tries to help people recognize their beliefs to create better, happier ones. Miss Remy is an empath, psychic medium, intuitive tarot and oracle reader, and a trance possession oracle, channeling her patroness, Celine. She uses her intuition and gift of empathy to help people get their needs and questions met. Miss Remy has profound, emphatic, and claircognizant gifts that she has been using professionally as a psychic reader, Reiki master, and lunar oracular priestess for 12 years, using her gifts to counsel, advise, and assist clients as great spirit directs. Miss Remy uses a combination of tarot and oracle cards, empathy, Reiki, and psychic intuition to provide deep and meaningful readings and healings with her clients. Welcome, Miss Remy. Hi, thanks for having me back. We missed you so much. Oh my gosh. So nice to see you all again. Someone to keep an eye on Kanani. That's right. Someone needs to. I do what I can. Well, it's funny because the last time we had you on, I was the president of Other Worlds of Wonder and you weren't even on the board. And then we, we conned you on joining the board and got you in. And then I got so busy with the podcast that I stepped down and you are now the president of Oh Wow. So that's pretty fantastic. I love seeing you sit there all lounge back and then fanning yourself and just as a, you know, <laughs> fabulous and rested and well. Oh, well, thank you. I feel exhausted and, and tired and warm. <laughs> I think we're all a little exhausted and tired after the last, you know, 20 years or so. It's been a while yes. since the world started falling apart. That's right. 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 So <laughs> let's start off with, for, for those who may not have heard you when you were on previously, let's start out with our, our most, uh, most basic question, which was how did you know that you were a witch or a magical person? Well, I don't know how I responded before. Um, let's see. I feel like I, it's always been uh, in somewhere in my mind. I remember um, being in about like seventh grade and sort of finding out that um, people worshipped a goddess as opposed to God because I, you know, was baptized into a Roman Catholic family and, you know, I heard mythology and stuff, but didn't know that people in our current times uh, were actively goddess worshipping. And so at about seventh grade, I know I declared myself a goddess worshiper because it made sense. And then just over the years, it's um, grown from there. And now you're the queen. <laughs> I'm at least a queen, you know. Yes. Well, we had so much fun with you last time. You made up a whole song uh, to the ancestors that was like, give me some money, buy me a house, bring me some money, buy me a house. And I still sing that song to myself when I want the ancestors to bless me. So thank you, Remy. Yay. <laughs> In the moment. It was, it was right. divinely inspired. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the last time, last time I was on, we were uh, we were discussing ancestor veneration, I believe. Yes, we were. We were all in Hillary's basement talking into a single microphone. That's <laughs> right. And right now, right now, Hillary can't join us because she's probably in that same basement trying to pack it up right now, trying to get oh. ready for her big move into her brand new house tomorrow. So. Tomorrow, Ooh, good, for her. good for her. It is I crazy. Know one of the yeah. things we wanted to talk to you about is the upcoming holiday of Ostara. Yes. And so can you kind of uh, explain to our listeners? Yes, springtime. Explain to our listeners, what is Ostara? So Ostara is the old name um, for the spring equinox. And Ostara or Eoster being a, she was a goddess of fertility and spring which is actually where we get the word Easter, 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 Ostara. Um, and so that's also where we get like the, the, the bunny and the eggs and all of that, <laughs> right? That has nothing to do with the resurrection of the baby G or Jesus. Oh no. It has, so to do, <laughs> it has to do with life and fertility and um, the, the, the rebirth and resurgence of life after a long winter. Remy, I apologize if I seem uh, rude. Kanani was trying very, very hard to tell the story of Ostara, but she couldn't keep it together because of a meme that Hillary sent around. And oh, she no. was very unprofessional. I was, I was fine. <laughs> it was you and Hillary that couldn't keep your shit together. Get <laughs> straight. Yeah. So, so, um, how, so how is, you talked about, you know, that's something that I think a lot of people... Once they start to celebrate Ostara, it becomes very clear where the bunnies and eggs and stuff comes in. And you realize, right. okay, this has always been a pagan holiday. But right. um, can you kind of explain how the symbolism is important to the tradition? Sure. So, like, rabbits, right, are... Most of us have at least heard the term the humping like rabbits. Like they produce lots of offspring. So they are a symbol of fertility and of um, reproduction and of life. And the egg also representing the, the possibility for new life, right? Because from the egg, no matter what the animal, um, that's it, it comes from that new life and that new representation of all the possibility. Which also, you know, coordinates with springtime, new plants. Springtime and new plants and new life and rebirth and the, all of the plants and the flowers are waking up and, you know, the animals are, are finding their, their mates and their partners. And so life is returning to the world again after the long, dark winter. Do you have any of your own traditions or ways that you celebrate Ostara? Um, you know, it's funny. <laughs> After you asked me, I was like, gosh, I don't, I don't have any like real specific tradition that is like a must have at Ostar. It all depends on who I'm able to see and who I'm able to be with. Um, you know, if I'm able to be with my best, my best friend and my godchildren, then we, we, you know, eggs and coloring eggs and hiding eggs and all of that um, is a lot of fun. And um, a really great suggestion that one of my coworkers gave me is to write like a rune symbol on an egg mm. 
and then you hide the eggs. And then when you find an egg with a rune on it, you divine the rune and that can be your message for the new year or um, whatever. What you ought to get. Right, exactly. And so if I'm doing that, then we're able to, you know, uh, celebrate some more of those fun um, group activities of egg searching and celebrating life and, and the fun and the hunt and all of that kind of thing. Absolutely. If it's more solitary and it's just me, which is more common, is to um, really just sort of I like to set intentions and really kind of focus my energy on what is the, what is that new life? What is that new possibility that I'm hoping to bring into, um, into my life? So um, I often will light a candle representing the sun in the spring. Um, I might do one for the Lord and the lady and, and bless the land in that way. Um, and often for me personally, I just write the things down that I want to bring into my life and make it a stream of consciousness um, and often just burn that and, and release that to the universe. Other mm-hmm. things I, is do like a treasure map or a vision board of the things I'm hoping to manifest. And so cutting out mm-hmm. newspaper images or, or photographs or pictures or whatever, or even words um, and, and, and gluing those to a big board and, and creating what I like to call a treasure map, but a lot of people call a vision board. I like the treasure map theme better. Charging that up with, with Reiki and just, um, you know, calling up. So Ostara being one of the spring goddesses, I have a little bit more connection to Kore, who is Persephone in her springtime upper world aspect. Mm. So Corey would be the one that I would um, call upon for blessings of new life and, and of rebirth. Coming from originally from California, where in the Bay Area, it's like, you know, the average temperature is like 70 degrees all year round. So moving here to the Northwest, I'm like, oh, I actually get to feel the seasons. And yes, it's nothing compared to like to the East where like everything dies before it comes back to life. Yep. Right. There definitely is. um, Right. We, we get a beautiful fall, but we always have green, which I think is lovely. Yep. I also think it's part of, you know, the whole concept of like spring cleaning, and stuff like that is also kind of uh, is part of that whole new beginnings because it's kind of Absolutely. purging purging what is no longer suiting you, what's no longer right. helping you, so that you can then make room for you know the things that you need or things that will will add to your life. Right. Yeah, you're getting rid of anything that no longer serves, so that you way you can make room. For new stuff right like you've got to take stuff to the goodwill before you can go and buy some new stuff sometimes exactly there just isn't enough space exactly you know, you've got to make room for the new by clearing out the old and i think that's definitely where the concept of spring cleaning comes from is is the older concepts of let's get rid of all of this old stuff that's you know maybe we couldn't deal with because of the winter or whatever now is our opportunity to as thing as the light returns and the birds start to sing and we get some more sunlight more often and stuff that we get the motivation also you know being working in a little 
in the witchy store here in Portland that I work at, uh, the Raven's Wing, we have seen definitely an influx of people, you know, that are like, I'm all about whatever new life and new possibilities, you know, especially after the year we've all had, like, just new possibilities and just the, 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 the possibility of possibilities, I think, mm-hmm. at this time is... is um, really big for people you know just the possibility of possibilities because it's felt like there aren't any possibilities for a long time you know so I think it's been um, a lot of people coming in to buy yellow candles (laughs) I need to feel the sunshine like that's beautiful you know I think that's really true too because I think you know we've been in such a dark place for so long you know, far beyond just winter, right? Your typical winter. We've we've been in a, a very bleak right. and emotional and challenging place for so long that there does seem to be something quite beautiful about this spring. Whereas the irony is, is this kind of came upon us last spring when things are really starting to get beautiful. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, there's a very surreal element of this is when I would naturally be going outside. This is when I would start going on hikes and going camping. Mm-hmm. And But now I, when I would be outside, I have to be inside and I just spent the winter. There's something very unnatural and surreal about it. And so I think there's something kind of very uh, awakening in what's happening right now and, and an excitement to be able to feel like life is going to come back. Um, for me, I think one of the things that I'm, that's kind of exciting where you talked about the possibility of possibilities is we just got, life just got completely shat on like almost everyone's. So it's like your life is now different in whatever Mm -hmm. context. Right. And it will likely never go back to exactly the way it was. Absolutely. Which in some ways is is scary, but in other words, in other ways, it's quite exciting. Right. It's because all about it gives. Yeah, it can give you different. Po- it can give you, like you said, the possibility of possibilities, mm. priorities that you didn't have before. Maybe you have now priorities that you used to have. Now you think, well, that was ridiculous. Why did I care? Exactly. Like, yeah. And what it's really a whole new world. to us is different. Mm-hmm. Exactly. For, for me, it's been such a strange feeling of deja vu. I'm starting to feel like I, I could, f- you know, I'm wearing the same clothes I wore last year. I'm, um, I'm starting to feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I have the same habits I had last year. I'm, I'm walking the dog in the same places because really, you know, a, a lot has changed internally, but the way we have lived has basically been on pause since last year in so mm-hmm. many ways. And I'm starting to feel like when I'm telling stories about things that happened last May, and I remember the music I was, or last April rather, and I'm listening to the music I was listening to last April, and then feeling like, I think, I feel like I'm just repeating everything that happened last year. You know, it's not it's different than in other years where you hear a song you haven't heard from a while and you step back into where you were when you used to listen to that song a lot 
right? right. But like now we all had a lost year. Yeah, it's like it feels it feels it's much almost more like circular. picking up where we left off yes. on a certain on a certain level. Yeah, because it's like you know we were getting all ready for yeah springtime and it's right around the corner and and we're right gonna on, do 20, hiking 20. and we're gonna get out there and we're gonna do the things and and then COVID and the world and everything shut down and none of that and no you can't and all of the things you know. And so on some level, I think, yeah, there is a certain feeling of being able to pick up where we were last year before all of this, like with all, again, with all the hopes that we had for what we thought 2020 would be, you know, we can bring all of those hopes into the now and, and right. And, and, and move from this point forward. Remember how it was three weeks to flatten the curve. Right. No, yeah. it was two weeks. Fourteen two weeks days. To, Fourteen days to flatten. Fourteen the curve. days to flatten. What, the curve. And, and I remember some of the. It was about a year ago. I went to the grocery store, and I used to have my travel mug with me all the time. And I went to go get a coffee at the Starbucks. I said, "I'm sorry, we're not using. We're not taking refillable mugs right now because of because of um, the coronavirus." That's what they were all calling it back then. And I went, "Oh, well, oh." I was just like, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, well, this is very right. extreme. <laughs> it was extreme. Yes. Yes, it was. I was like, Why not? I, I went to the grocery store with my bags and they're like, oh, you have to bag it yourself. We're not going to touch your bags. I was like, well, aren't you being well, a little I, careful? What did I careful. come here for? <laughs> and we look back and we just, we want to say to ourselves, my sweet summer child, what do right. you know? <laughs> What do you know right. about COVID? <laughs> Rural, not a re- damn thing. Remember no toilet paper? Oh, right. God, that was the that was the most ridiculous still, thing. That's so crazy. Like I still every once in a while because now it's it's it, it seems so far away, right? Like yeah, it's been normal now for a while, but it's like you used to not be able to buy fucking toilet paper. Toilet paper. I spent like paper $200 on canned food because I'm like, what if we go into lockdown? Because I, I was like, I don't know. Can we go to the grocery store? I probably should check and make sure some of that stuff is still good because I was like, I figured, oh, I'll just save it for the great big earthquake that's going to happen one of these days. So <laughs> I have all this canned food upstairs I bought at the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> it's so crazy, like how it, it's it like there's little things like um I was totally one of those people. I, I, my heart hurt for, for, you know, the paycheck to paycheck families, because that's very much for the most part, how we are. And at the very least, it's how I did our grocery shopping, right? Mm -hmm. Because we don't have a huge pantry. We don't have, you know, a whole lot of space and we didn't need it. So it was just like, I would buy, you know, this is what we need for the week. And I would buy a week's worth of groceries. And then the next Sunday I would go back and I'd buy a week's worth of groceries. And luckily kind of right before everything shut down happened to be my payday. And so I got up early that morning and bought extra because I'm like, I think people might go a little nutters. And so I was able to get everything we needed. And then by that evening, I mean, the stores were show they were showing pictures of the shelves and things were just empty and gone. And, you know, these people are like, I don't have any food for the, and I just, my heart broke for them. Cause I'm like, I'm you, I get it. Like that's, that's my routine. And so that's something that's changed in our house is I tend to now make sure we have like 
two to three weeks worth of food. And I just, but I mean, I still buy weekly the, you know, fruits and, and vegetables and perishables and things like that. But, you know, I've got more, I've got more things in my freezer than I ever have and more mm-hmm. non-perishables than I would usually have. So it's like, I feel like a lot of people have probably picked up just kind of new habits. That new ha- yeah, some different habits. Absolutely. I saw a hilarious meme of, of a little kid asking their, their mom going, why does grandma wash the grocery bags? And I laughed and I'm like, oh my God, that's totally gonna be a thing. Like we're going to do these weird things and our grandchildren are gonna be like, what the hell is wrong with them? Like, why would they do that? That doesn't make sense. But it's like, we've now lived through this incredibly surreal, bizarre experience. That's going to yeah change how people operate. Absolutely. You know, just thinking back to like where I was at this exact moment last year, um, you know, prepare, I was preparing for OSTAR and then all of a sudden, you know, getting ready for spring and I graduated my pure wellness course and everything like that and and was getting prepared for like hiking and, and was so excited, you know, and then we knew COVID was happening and lockdowns were happening and 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 the, and back east had already gone into some lockdown and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And my mother-in-law was back east at 85 years old, living alone. And my husband was sick. He, he, he was very sick in February and took him a while to get better. So I said, I will go and bring your mother back. So I flew out to DC, like right as the COVID was happening. And then we, she and I took the train back so that way we could kind of lock ourselves into a little suite room. From D.C.? You took a train from D.C. to Oregon? Wow. With an 85-year-old woman. And, uh, you heart. know, and so we. I think we got home like the 20th or the 21st, I think. So, like, I got home, like, you know, exhausted at spring and, and also wasn't feeling well. By the time I got back, after a, we'd been back a week, and I got sick with covid no. and was it was really bad uh and i was out for like a month and everything um so it's just funny to think like where everything was we were preparing to like you know care for my mother-in-law and all these things just how quickly everything changed from planning our our, our summer hikes and getting ready for the you know because right after a star comes beltane and the beltane festival and my camping trip and you know all the things that we normally would do and then Sunfest right after that would be coming up and all of the 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 the, the things like all those possibilities that we were setting up at that time of 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 the year and all the magic and all the things that we were going to do and then how all of that was just put on pause you know and here we are again again being able to kind of almost take the pause button off and sort of on some level pick up where we've left off with the possibility of possibilities and 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 really you know like for me I think this year's that energy of rebirth I think is more potent than it has been in a really long time because people who aren't even thinking on this like metaphysical level or magical level are also feeling like that that symbolism of spring of the new possibility of the flowers returning and just right like yeah 2021 still kind of a rocky start but we still have possibility we still have at least I do I still have possibility I still have hope that this year will 
you know, unfold with positive things and, and, and blessings. You know? I keep thinking about the, what Teresa Reed said and how she talked about, you know, we were going through our Pluto return, which is just Pluto comes in and just tears all the shit up and just fucks it all up beyond repair. And so that you have to build again. Yeah. And so I just keep thinking of that. And I think that gives me a certain level of peace and excitement because mm-hmm. I feel like so much of what holds anyone back uh, individually and as a society is sameness, right? You just get used to the way things are. And like we've seen certain things that have happened, particularly during uh, during this time of COVID, where people have kind of had a little bit more introspection and the whole, well, that, cause that's how it's always been. That shit's not flying anymore. It's right. like, okay, but it doesn't make sense. Well, but that's what we've always done. Okay. Well, I don't think we're going to do that anymore, you know, and things right. are changing. And, and so I, I feel like that, that destruction that's happened, I have hope that what is going to be built on top of that is going to be more positive. Because we've been shaken out of our comfort zones and shaken out of that just doldrums of just going through the this is the way it goes and looking at things Mm -hmm. with fresher eyes like, but how should it be? Like, how can it be? And so I'm I'm I am I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for what's to come. I, I I feel like what is going to be built on this rubble will be better than what we I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, and a a lot of that is also choosing to believe that it's going to be better and that the majority of humanity wants the best for each other. You know, most of us want just the best for each other. We want to all live a joyful life, whatever that means and however that looks. And, you know, I think there's definitely um, a lot to that, you know, and a lot to, to just believing that it's going to be better and, you know, that's, everyone talks about this new normal and it's like, we're not there yet. We're not at a new normal yet. We're still kind we're of still building out of the, 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 the middle, whatever. Right. So we're not out at the other end. We don't know what new normal is going to be because it's, it's in flux still. And that, that's, that's not a bad thing. You know, it can be a really great thing. Cause that, that means you still have chances and choices and opportunities to, to do things different, to make different choices, to make better choices, to make healthier choices, you know, more caring and compassionate choices, you know, but. I also think that's why we're getting the fight that we are from so many, you know, people who are just not wanting, they're wanting to go back to the old old normal. And it's like, sorry, you know, that worked for 5% of the population, you know, the rest of us, we're not interested anymore. And so a lot of people, you know, culturally, and, you know, that's why there's a lot of, you know, people not wanting kind of digging into the racism and digging into the income, you know, wanting to keep the income inequality the way that it is. There's a lot of people really digging into that because they see that we're not, it's not the way it was. It's not. And so they're trying to fight to go back. And it's like, you know, as far as I'm concerned, cat's out of the bag. You know, Pandora's box has been opened. It's not going back to the way that it was. Too many people have seen too many things. 
they know better now. They know it doesn't have to be that way. And they want better. They want better for themselves. They want better for their, their children. They want better for their future. So um, I, I also think that's why we're at such a chaotic point in time is because you have these different factions of people, some are who are trying to get things back to the status quo that had previously existed. And so many other people just saying, nope, not going back to that. Yeah, well, I think that's right. something that we're just like, you know, kind of exactly what you've said. And I've seen some people write about it saying why the old normal was, we talk about the the people's, and, and there's there's no doubt that this has been such a painful time for people and that it has taken such a toll on mental and physical health. At the same time, it's like, remember the the way that the the old way took a toll on our mental health? I mean, how often were we expected to be at everything in person? You know, and that that was like you show your commitment by, you know, bringing your body to a space and realizing we don't have to run around like that all the time. Yeah. You know? And it's well, now it's like the idea of going to work sick seems ridiculous before it was Absolutely. like, you better be on death's door with a hospital note, you know, before you don't come walking into the, you know, walking. Now into it's the, like, get out, you know, place of business. Now it's like, uh, did you just sneeze? You need to walk out that door. Yeah. And yeah. it's also some of the things my mom has said is that it's it's brought us back to some old fashioned joy because one of the things that we've done is gone to visit my parents and sit on their front porch and just talk. And she's like, that's something that people used to do. We're not just all sitting around a screen watching a television show. We're not inside drinking. We're not inside just like, you know, it we're we we focus on each other because we don't get to see each other as often. And we just spend time in each other's presence in a way that's appropriate, you know, a good 10 feet apart and outside. Um, but yeah, the, the joy of sitting on talking to people on your front porch is, is returned or waving to people as you walk down the street. I'm that person that waves at people. I don't know just cause I see them. Right. Right. You know, uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, people, even though we can't see each other and smile, you know, there's more nodding, there's more good mornings, there's good, you know what I mean? I, I had a doctor's appointment this morning in downtown Portland and in, in, a, in, a, in an area of town that is really running down. And I don't know if you've been to downtown Portland. They only, you know, I haven't been down there a lot since the COVID. I don't work down there anymore. I don't have to go down there anymore, you know, very except very few times. And, um, you know, I was like walking through a very skid row like part of town going to my doctors and the people, they were all good morning. Good morning. These people that are living in tents on the side of the sidewalk. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Mm -hmm. You know, people are so quick to judge and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, these are just, again, people. We're all in this. We are all in this together. Yep. This star, it's really important to remember that, that we are all in this together, that we are, we have all been suffering. We have, you know, and in different ways, that's true, right? But it, everyone has had something happen. If it's, if you haven't lost a job, you know, someone who has, if you haven't lost people you love, you know, someone who has, like, if you, if you didn't get COVID, you know, someone who did. Like yeah. <laughs> in this together. And it's really important that, that the magics that happened, I think this spring are going to, it's, it's the start of that snowball that, that will build the momentum of the society that we really do want. You know what I mean? It's everyone putting out this energy of 
rebirth and community and togetherness. And, and, and it doesn't mean we have to stand shoulder to shoulder and be in the same space. We can still be community and do it through Zoom and do it through our other the threads that connect us. You know, but but remembering that they're there, I think, is very important at this time. And remembering that we're in this together and and that if we want it to be better, then we just have to be better. I think that's a really good point and a and a suggestion that I hadn't honestly really thought about because when I was thinking about my own Ostar ritual and kind of you know, new beginnings, practices and things. I was, you know, focused kind of on what's going on with my family and, you know, what are we hoping for? And, you know, what am I wishing for my kids with their school journey and all this stuff? And, but I think that you made a really great point. Like you really want to also bring everyone else in that with you, you know, because yes, you, you want to do well and you want your family to do well. And, but, you know, really open that bubble and, you know, want, want your neighbors to do well, want your community right. to do well, you know, want, want the people around you and, and, and really open that bubble. Because like you said, that will create this energy that will just build on itself. I mean, yeah, exactly. If you think of you and your family doing your, your or star thing and me and my tribe and, and all the different tribes that are out there listening just imagine that if you were to envision that my sacred circle overlaps your sacred circle, which overlaps the next, right? You're now creating a, a much larger connection. You're creating a web of magic of moving forward again, a, a possible, all the possible possibilities. And, and, and when you are blessing your neighbor, you are blessing yourself, right? Instead of looking at everyone and, and, and spewing hate outward, spew love to your neighbor and blessings to them that they might do better, right? Because when everyone, when you're doing better, I'm doing better. And when I'm doing better, you're doing better because we are all connected, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. There are threads that connect us like the, like the, the roots of trees, you know, we mm -hmm. are connected. We're not in this alone as hard as it has been and as isolating as it has felt. We are not alone. I actually had, and I feel kind of silly saying this because it seems like it should have just been something that I knew or that I, I don't know, but I recently, you know, I've, I've been with my, my husband and my kids and I've seen my parents are pretty much the only other people I've kind of seen in person. And you and you know, I went I've, to the grocery I've, store once and we got the meat counter guy give us a hard time. That yeah, but that was pre-COVID. No, it wasn't. We wore masks. Oh, you I think you're right. It was so it yeah. must have been early March or something like that. It was it was actually like it was closer to the summer, but we were just people were it, masks were still optional. Oh, that's right. We mm -hmm. wore masks in the grocery store and the meat that's counter right. guy didn't wear a mask and we thought that, he was gonna come home with us. Right. Um <laughs> so I, I, I think I've just coped by just kind of for, there was months where literally I hardly left my bedroom. I mean, I worked from home so I could do that in my bedroom on my laptop and stuff like that. So I was still, I was still functioning, but my husband made all our meals, you know, and I didn't always go out and eat dinner with them. Sometimes I just, I just couldn't, I just, 
I I binged watch the news. It was kind of my only way of trying to cope was to try and understand what was happening or mm-hmm. or feel like I could get a grasp on it. And he he somehow and I'll always be astounded and grateful. I don't know how he did it. He just let me be. I he never yelled at me about it. He seemed to just get it. Like on on whatever level he just got like that was just what I needed. Like I wasn't being mean, I wasn't being selfish, I wasn't trying to hurt anybody. That just that's what I needed. And so there was a lot of time where I feel like I was very internally just kind of checked out. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of, as things went on, you have to kind of figure, figure out how to, you know, deal. And, um, I, you know, would do more stuff with my kids and do more stuff with my husband and try and make it positive. And, you know, it's like, we're in this for the long haul now. So got to figure something out. And I got a little, you know, I kind of found a a groove and a routine with it, but I ran across a friend at their place of work and this was a very social person. I am not a super social person. Like I like to go out when I like to go out, but I'm mostly I'm a homebody and I just want to be home. And this is a very social person and he's very outgoing. He's very funny. He's very charismatic. He was a shell of himself. Mm. And it absolutely broke my heart because I, it was, it was not someone I I was hanging out with someone who's usually like the one that lights up a room and you could tell that he was barely hanging on and it blew my mind. And I feel bad for saying that because I feel like I should have known, you know, and, but I, you know, I just, I, the reality is I had to cope the way I had to cope and, and I was doing what I could do to, you know, keep myself going for, you know, being able to deal with, you know, take care of my kids and my husband and stuff like that. But it was rather jarring for me to see someone like that and see how this has impacted them. And it made me realize, you know, when we, one, how important it is for us to come back together as friends in a way that I used to enjoy doing on occasion, but now I'm like, I, this need, you know, we need to make this happen because clearly, happen. clearly there are people who are really, really impacted by the isolation that this has caused yeah. and some of the feelings that they've had of not being able to be out and see people. And so it, it gave me a different kind of, I think understanding it, it kind of that was the first time, honestly, that my light bulb came on of how other people were dealing with it because it just kind of was so in my face as to the change that had happened in a person that suddenly I was very, I'm, I'm more aware of how my friends are coping and kind of reaching out to other people more now that I'm feeling kind of positive and optimistic and hopeful. And, um, so now I'm kind of trying to reach out to people and be like, you know, how are you doing? You know, cause honestly mm-hmm. I wasn't doing that before I was, I was trying to cope and, and deal and, and be okay myself. And now that I feel like I'm kind of there, I'm and ready for the next side. I'm kind of like trying to reach out to people because now I'm seeing like, this has changed people. This is, yeah. this has really impacted people in, in, really harsh ways. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, 
definitely has, you know, and we've all had to process, I think, in our in our own way and deal in our own way. And and it's, you know, some of it's been healthy, some of it hasn't, some of it's been solitary, some of it hasn't, you know, but it's also having grace with ourselves, I think, is important that we did the best we could in the moment and each moment was a different moment. So yeah. we just, you know, it's all about rolling with the punches. And, and if you're in a better place now, yeah, definitely reach out to, to friends and community and family. And, you know, you just don't know what other people are going through, you know? Exactly. Do you have any um, kind of spells or things that you do when you're kind of trying for people who maybe are really having a hard time kind of getting excited about spring or, or sloughing off this just shit that we've been dwelling in, do you have kind of something you do or you could recommend to our listeners that would really help them to maybe? What I do, what, what's gotten me through this year um, was well, there's definitely was times when I had to like kind of retreat inward and spend some alone time, especially when I was sick, I had to, isolate myself from the rest of the family and everything but for me um what has gotten me through and has helped me I think keep a brighter perspective is showing gratitude expressing gratitude for just anything and everything um especially you know and 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 especially in those moments when I can find gratitude for something that's can be perceived as not a grateful thing or a positive thing or a more harmful or, or more uh, difficult thing to deal with, you know, and, and, and right. Yes, I had COVID and I was very sick, but I got better and I had access to healthcare and, and I have gratitude for all of that. And, you know, my mother-in-law passed away in May. Mm. So it's a very short period of time. And we did not know she was sick. But that time on that train ride that she and I took together, I am so grateful for that. Mm. And I am so she was here with us and that she got to spend her final days with her son and 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 you know, and that she had given me her blessings of, of approval as it were, you know? Um, and so all of those little, those things, you know, those really difficult, but there's so many things also to have gratitude for. And when you can find gratitude in the hard things, um, it makes it, it takes some of that harshness away. It makes it not as bad. It helps you have a different almost perspective on things. Um, so for me, expressing gratitude for every possible step along the way, um, you know, the fact that my husband had to give up his job to take care of his mother because her health declined so quickly and it wasn't even COVID related. Um, but, you know, and, 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 but he was able to get unemployment so there's, you know, that's a blessing. We we were blessed to be able to pay our rent every month when there are people who still haven't been able to do that. So whatever blessings I can find, you know, we had we were able to after the first the very first stimulus, we went and spent like two hundred dollars at the butcher and like filled our freezer full 
of of like this meat package or whatever. Yeah. And it was like thing of being able to do that. The blessing of there's a grocery store right down the street from us. And so, you know, we were able to to just what you know, and then also the gratitude of just being together and 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 being able to support each other through the process, you know. So so gratitude for me has been my tool to um, get through this. It helps, it, it, it lessens some of the blows and it helps me to keep a different perspective on, on wow. things because it helps me to look at, I guess you could say the silver lining in any dark cloud because, um, yeah, because I think that's the most important thing is to show mm-hmm. gratitude um, in a time like this. We actually, because, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, we actually have a listener question that I think you would be the perfect person for because of all your ancestry work and whatnot. So the listener question is the episode about the witch hunting King could not possibly be more perfect timing. I've never had a connection with my ancestors or been able to work with them because I just didn't know who they were. I didn't even know my grandparents as a child. Last week, I got just enough information about my grandparents to go on Ancestry.com and find out who my ancestors are, hoping to find cool witchy ancestry. Well, that's not what I found. It turns out that I am direct descendant from the royal Scottish family, King James VI, who is my great 20th great-great-grandfather. Mary, Queen of Scots, is my 19th great-aunt. So now I am super afraid to work with my ancestors at all, because let me tell you something. This family line did not get less murdery or intolerant of witches over time. I checked. I don't feel like I can ask great grand Pappy James to assist in my magic because he surely would have had me tortured and burned alive just for being a witch when he was alive and kicking. I have always had this seething anger inside of me since I was a child about the witch trials. It has always seemed to me hugely disproportionate given the fact that I didn't live through them. I've always had this deep resentment for them, those people who caused the witch trials, as if it were a childhood trauma that I never went to therapy for. I still feel that way. So now that I know that the evil them that I've been so angry with my whole life is in my own family and my own ancestors, I don't know how to process that or what to do. If you have any advice for me about how I can possibly still work with my problematic ancestors or resolve what I now think might be past life trauma, I would appreciate it. So yes, on past life trauma. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> there's, there's definitely some past life trauma there to, to look into. Um, and with the ancestors, here's the thing though, like your 26th great grand whatever um, that's a lot of removals, mm-hmm. even being a direct descendant, that's a lot of removals. And you, uh, and you have to remember that each, right. There's two grandparents on each piece. So you're bringing in lots. That's only one thread of your, your ancestral line. Your ancestral line has many, many threads. Um, so remembering that, just because there are some really unhappy or unpleasant 
ones. That doesn't mean that all of your ancestors are going to be that way and are going to have those feelings. Not to mention, you know, if King James's spirit is still on the other side and is an ancestor accessible to you in the spirit form, the way he believed then and the way he believes and feels now Mm -hmm. could be very different, right? So just because he had certain feelings in his life as King James at that time doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to feel the same way now. So there's that, but also that you have many, 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 many other um, ancestors that you can work from and remembering that you can call on the unknown ancestors, the ones that you don't have a name for, but that are there for you. And also all of the witches that died are also accessible to you. Right. We, again, we are all connected. So I think it's important to know that, that there are many, many threads and there are many combinations and that there's lots of ancestors for you to pull from. Um, And, and, you know, maybe trying to work with someone that's not, you know, Bloody Mary or (laughs) the King James. (laughs) You know, what's funny is what you just touched on, which I thought was really interesting was depending on your beliefs, because he also lived so, 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 so very long ago, he may have lived three or four lives since then atoning and learning some lessons from maybe past behavior. So, I mean, perhaps three lives later, he himself came in and he was a witch. Yeah. So there's, there's not a person alive who doesn't have problematic ancestors. Um, especially (laughs) if you have white ancestors. Okay. Uh, If you live in North America, just for, I mean, other places in the world too. I can only really speak for North America. If you have white ancestors who lived in North America, they were either causing, supporting, benefiting from, or ignoring enslavement or genocide. Flat out. Absolutely. Every, every single person, whether, I mean, I know we all say, my relatives, no. You know what? They were either causing, supporting, benefiting from, or ignoring these things that were going Absolutely. on. Um and so, you know, there's there's a lot of, um, and when when it, accepting that, it's that somebody once told me, you know, we are born to redeem our ancestors. We are to live right in the ways that they lived wrong. And that the hope is that somebody will come after us, whether we have children or not, who will live right in the ways that we are living wrong. You know, so we, mm-hmm. so you just, you take, you take from, I mean, I often say that Kanani is um, the repercussions of, of her ancestors for, for you Fuck know, them all. For, for, <laughs> they came, they came over here and then their descendant became Kanani. So exactly. <laughs> right. you get As what you got person. coming. Yeah. They, they, their England right. was That's not right. conservative enough and it was far too spooky. So they came to North America and oh shit. We made Kanani. Look at that. Right. So, uh, 
you know, everybody's got a problematic ancestor. Most of us have lots of them. Um, and so yeah. it, you, there's a couple of things you can do. You can either just invoke the ones that, that you could say lived well and died well and who are supportive of your endeavors, right. or you simply live your way. Your enlightened ancestors. Yeah, your enlightened ancestors, or you simply live in a way that makes right everything that they did wrong, which is, which is personally what I do, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I call upon my enlightened ancestors and I call upon, you know, the ones that are willing to participate and to help. I mean, don't call nobody that doesn't want to be there in the first place. That's, that's a thing. You know, I mean, I'm Puerto Rican and Portuguese and the Puerto Rican just by definition is slave blood, native indigenous blood and slaver blood. So, you know, just in one branch, I've got all of that happening. So there's a lot of mixing going on in there. And also, I'm so proud of each piece of Mm. it, the Iberian blood I carry and stuff like that. Yeah, some people probably were slave ship people. And that's a very realistic thing. And also, another ancestor was a slave and another ancestor was the indigenous person who was whatever, you know what I mean? And that's just the reality of it. But that doesn't define me in the here and now. And, and I am not all, I, I, I believe I am not responsible for what they have done in their life. That was their life, their path, their choices. And the consequences of those actions are theirs to deal with. You know what I mean? And it's, I can only worry about me <laughs> in this life right now. And you know? I also think one of the things that was mentioned this kind of really visceral feeling about like the witch trials and things like that, that might be some sort of past trauma that, that maybe you would want to find someone, find some sort of a healer or talk to someone uh, about, you know, maybe working through because to have those kinds of, you know, visceral attachments isn't like, like Remy said, that's not really healthy. Those aren't your, that's not your baggage. That's not something that you did. It could also be your ancestors' remorse, yeah, and that could that can manifest. Could that can manifest as as, a, and then in the, if that's the case, if that resonates, you might have been your own ancestor yes. too. That's also mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah, and that's that. Um, I've always feel like um, saw when Halloween is the, the time when I often, you know, pray for the absolution of my ancestors. Pray for you know for them to forgive themselves and for them to teach me, as I said, to walk in the walk right in the ways that they, they, mm-hmm. that they walked wrong, you know, and I'm hoping, like I said, I hope somebody will do that for me when I'm out of here, you know, cause there are mistakes I am making now. And there's probably a lot of mistakes I don't even realize I'm making or we as a generation are making. Right. I'll point you know. them out as often as I you can. You always do, but you don't pay enough attention. <laughs> That's true. You, I also don't pay more attention. attention. So I'm, I'm a terrible, if you I'm pay terrible more at attention. True. Oh my God. yeah so there's there's things you can do there and um but i also feel like what remy said is is really true that this this is such a distant ancestor for you and um uh, you can't let one thread pull your whole tapestry apart you know um right yeah absolutely and i want to piggyback just again real quickly on what kanani said you know maybe finding a healer or, or um, a past life re- hypnotherapy regression service or something um, to, to make some amends for, for your 
past trauma, um, it's very possible you were burned at the stake as a witch. Many of the witches I know today <laughs> have been burned before, you know. Um, it's <laughs> and not just on Facebook. Right? It's, it's a very common thing. Uh, for many of us to 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 remember those the burning times and and those sorts of things, um, so it's not uncommon. And there are lots of different ways of sort of healing those past traumas. But if it's you know it starts mostly with with then was then and now is now and now is not then and <laughs> and letting that go. Like don't bring that into this life. There's you don't have to bring that into this life. I I agree. I think that's. Fantastic advice. So, Miss Remy, what are you up to and where can our listeners find you? Well, I am up to lots of different things. I am, as we said earlier, I am president of Other World of Wonders. Um, you can find us at ohwow.org, doing lots of un- wonderful things for our community. I also work at the Ravens Wing Magical Co. here in Portland. There's a store here in Portland and one in Oakland, California. And you can find me on theravenswing.com. I'm one of the readers. Well, thank you so much. And we want to thank uh, all of our listeners. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to support the show, the best way is to subscribe and spread the word. Please also consider leaving us a rating and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can also buy us a coffee or check out our merch on our Etsy store. For bonus content, become a supporter on Patreon. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For show notes, audio transcript, or to ask us a question to answer on a future episode, go to thatwitchlife.com. Until then, keep moting that shit, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye! Have a blessed Nostara! So mote it be. I'm even looking like, did it come through our email? Nope, not through the email. Oh my God, no Oh my God, just start the episode. We have so much to Jesus do. Christ. Now she's just going to sit there and stare at her phone. Oh my God, just I do am. the episode. We'll find well, it if it, makes you, if it makes you feel better, my phone's about to die. So, all right. So, <laughs> it's about to take Jesus over. Jesus fucking Christ. Anyway.